A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. COVID, COVID's the happy story today. <laughs> really, COVID's the happy story. It's that bad. Um, this case, I've been following this case, and it obviously we very difficult to discuss any court case when it's actually happening. Yesterday, though, we did see uh, the conviction, I'm delighted to say, uh, of uh, Thomas Hughes, um, the father of a little boy, Arthur Lavinia Hughes, at uh, the age of six, uh, who died, and his stepmother, Emma Tustin, age 32. Yesterday, they were convicted of killing the little boy, but basically using the cover of First National COVID lockdown. Um, social workers and police apparently missed signs that were raised repeatedly, missed um, all, all the other family members expressing concern about this little boy, who was basically, throughout that first lockdown, um, tortured to death. I mean, I mean, there's no other word for it. And eventually he sustained a head injury that was so bad uh, that uh, he died. He was apparently once a happy, chubby little lad and was, you know, his far, apple of his father's eye. Lockdown happened, father and the son moved in with his partner and at that point, that's when the abuse began. Um, so many um, pressure point injuries, so many bruises that apparently had a bruise for virtually every day of lockdown, according to the evidence. He was, uh, was given salt, poisoned with salt. He was beaten. He was made to stand for 14 hours a day. He slept on the floor of the sitting room despite having a bed. You name it. Um, it's the stuff that any normal human being finds difficult to hear. When you're a parent, it is visceral. It is visceral, the reaction you feel. Your thoughts when you heard that story yesterday and seeing the full write-ups in the paper today? I, I genuinely didn't really want to read the write-ups because yeah. it's just horrible reading the details. But you know what? I feel obviously so sorry for this poor little boy but also the jury that oh. had to sit and listen through that and i actually read it in one of the uh one of the papers that they've actually been excused for sitting on a jury for life now because yeah. it was Can't. so harrowing and it was really interesting actually uh, just after they announced their verdict um they did the, the jury actually asked for a minute's silence to remember this little boy, which is incredibly moving. Now, um, you will um, be seeing video and hearing video. There's a 999 call that was obviously recorded by, you know, and, it, and it's Emma Tustin, the boy's stepmother. I mean, I don't think they were married, but, you know, the, the, the woman charged with caring for this little boy. Uh, and, and she was actually convicted of murder, the father of manslaughter. Um, her 99 call, just, you know, the lies that she was telling. Mm. Oh, he threw himself on the floor and hurt his head. Yeah, because kids do that, really. Um and uh, and there's also a body cam image from the police of them first arriving 
uh, to to at the, to the at the family's house. Um, what we had, we we're going to play some of that um, later this morning. What we're not going to play is the audio that was also released of uh, CCTV footage within the flat. The, the the father rigged up CCTV, and the little boy who was forced to sleep on the floor of the duvet on the floor in the sitting room. Um, not you're not even allowed to sleep on the comfy sofa that's right next to him being forced, and that's why they had the cameras put in, apparently, being forced to sleep on the floor. And him, I mean, we, you and I have just listened to it, and mm. I've got to be honest with you, it it absolutely breaks my soul to hear it. Um, little boy crying and wailing and screaming, just again and again, nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. We're not going to play that out, because trust me, you don't want to hear yeah. it. Because once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And it's absolutely harrowing. And and especially if I think, I do think, and I didn't think this before I had a kid. I thought, of course you're going to feel, it. once you're a parent, the thought of anybody, you know, mm. thought, the thought of your child ever feeling that way. When you, you spend your whole, you spend your whole existence once you have a child, making sure your child feels loved and is safe and is happy. That's kind of your job, isn't it? Um, it defies belief, these sort of stories, doesn't it? And yet they keep coming. And it's it's so visceral that actually when someone played it out just before the show, somebody else in the office said, please don't play that. I yeah. don't want to hear that. And that shows you how kind of visceral this sort of thing but is. But we can't we can't turn away from it. I mean, that's the thing we need to, we mm. need to know this happening. And the key thing here is you know, we had a grandmother who raised alarms about bruising. Um, social services went, said so everything seemed fine. Uh, a teaching assistant, thankfully, did carry out welfare checks, but by telephone. So they were fobbed off the claims that he'd been enjoying playing in the garden. Um, basically, the, the, after school reopened after lockdown a week before his death, no action was taken when he failed to attend. We know there are 100,000 children who've never gone back to school. What's happened to them? This child was quite chubby, apparently, a you know, normal-looking kid, apparently, and he was basically being sort of starved, systematically starved to death as well. When they eventually found him, he was so weak, he, he couldn't even hold a glass of water to his mouth. Uh, now, if this little boy at six years old had gone to school every day or missed school when it would have been noticed, he would have been spotted sooner. And that's the thing. Lockdown, look, the, 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 the stepmother and the father are responsible for his death. They yeah. are the guilty. They are evil. And my God, I hope they have a miserable time in prison. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it, it, this boy could have been saved if we hadn't been in lockdown. I I feel uncomfortable like drawing a line between two of those because I think what is really important is this poor little lad, this horrific and very rare yeah. case. I think it's really important to highlight that as well, that it is rare. But I, I think, you know, unfortunately, at that point in time, we didn't really know what was going well, on. Well, oh, but we did. Now, so I, I was talking to a director of children's services at a local council yesterday who, who was saying that the, the, the mental health crisis affecting our young, young people and children and the domestic abuse crisis she says we haven't even seen you know the, the top of the iceberg on this she said it is has been throughout lockdown it has been off the scale families who were already in crisis went into much much deeper crisis and um and you know we, and, and children you know children from those sort of families school for them is their lifeline school is their you know the way they escape and and where they have trusted adults they can talk to um Let's play a little bit um, of, don't worry, we're not going to play the clip of the little boy, trust me. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to ever hear it. Let's let's hear a little clip, though, from the 999 call that was made by the woman who'd just basically hurt her, her stepson enough that he ended up dying of his head injuries. This is what happened. Ambulance service, is the patient breathing? Uh, barely. Okay, is he breathing right now, though? Even if he's... Is he breathing, Tom? 
It seems like a big dark breast, basically, and the six-year-old stepson is falling, he's banged his head. Okay. And while he was on the floor, he's banged his head another five times. Okay. He's lost colour, he's got a big lump on his head. Um, yeah, that's yeah. So that it went on for quite some time after that. And let's let's also just hear about the the or well, you can see and, and see on on the screen as well the body camera camera images uh, from uh, when the police first arrived at the scene. Just briefly, what happened? Yes. Basically, he'd gone out to get me a birthday cut of cake as for the kids. Arthur was told to sit on the thinking stuff. In Arthur's put himself all over the floor. He's banged himself the radiator. He's hit me. He's kicked me in the process of me trying to get him back on the thinking stuff. He's then gone on all fours on the floor and I've told him to get up. And I shut the door over and all I heard was a crack off the floor. He, head, he was headbutting the floor on all fours. Headbutting the floor once said, Arthur, get up, hurt yourself. I've phoned your dad. He went, I don't care. At that point, he was fine. And then he dropped his head again as I've tried to bear hug him and pick him up and he headbutted the floor three times. Yeah, well, um, that's that's the stepmother. I mean, you know, she's a, she's a really good liar, isn't she? I think we can safely say that, Dave. I mean, just uh, horrific. Let's try and lighten things up. Let's talk politics. <laughs> Deep breath, everybody. I feel I actually feel guilty talking about that. You're waking up to that and thinking, I don't want to hear that. We've got to hear it. We need to know. We need to know what happens. We need to know how to how to rescue these kids before these things, oh, these terrible things happen. Um, let's talk about the old Bexley and Sig Cup by-election. I mean, let's face it, most people don't pay attention to by most people, I'm a political journalist, most people don't pay that much attention to elections unless they're really forced to in the last couple of weeks. But um, the Tories held on to their safe uh, South East London seat of Old Bexley in the by-election. This, of course, prompted by the very sad death from cancer at a ridiculously tender age at 53 of uh, James Brokenshire, a much-loved local MP, and I have to say really, really loved and admired uh, in Westminster, well, genuinely really nice guy and I think everyone on all political party sides would agree with that um, but uh, the local Conservative councillor who was a friend of James Brokenshire he stood, he won over half of the votes but it was a low turnout, 34%, not untypical for a by-election um, but we did see a 10% swing to Labour um, and we did see their majority cut from nearly 19,000 to just under 4,500. Reform Party, Richard Tice standing, the leader of that party, obviously only a year old after the Brexit party, um, and uh, receiving uh, a so 1,500 votes, coming second, sorry, sorry coming third. Um, do you think there's anything we can read into this? Or, or, I mean, by-elections, mid-term, often difficult to know if they uh, they actually mean anything i think it would be more interesting if we could read loads into this but i don't think we can especially in winter you know i think that's probably yeah. one of the miserable, turnouts yeah. are. cold yeah. miserable day yeah um midterms i mean what we've seen previously with by-elections under keir starmer is actually you know Tories doing very well and you think well hold on a minute you know it's midterms lots of rocky things but this is in the middle of the sleaze allegations yep. and all of that but i wonder how much the the the, the loyalty to james brokenshire um, will will have actually played out in this. Um, there's no doubt at all, the Tories through the kitchen sink at this. I mean, they absolutely, they sent down so many MPs, you know, Prime Minister visited, they've really, really gone for it. Interesting, Labour, Keir Starmer, no visit. And Keir Starmer, not even mentioned, no photograph on the Labour leaflet. So when Keir Starmer says, hey, we've got a 10% swing to, to me, mm, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you, the, 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 I, I think every single party will be able to have something they can take away from it. Mm. They can they sound good. I'm not sure you're right whether we can read that much into it. Yeah, th this is it. I always think with things like this, it is only one area, and actually, you know, I, I don't think it's going to make that much difference. And people who turn out in a by-election on a cold, miserable uh, yeah. December day, perhaps not representative of the average voter. Yeah. You know, when you're getting a turnout of seventy percent. 
different people are going to turn out to vote. But I, I just I wonder if you look at that swing to Labour and, of course, the, the Reform Party taking those extra votes as well, would that play out in a general election? We don't know. Um, third parties often have done much better in either PR elections like European elections uh, or, or they've done well in by-elections and then it doesn't quite translate uh, when you go to a general election. But on the basis of that swing last night... Boris Johnson would lose his seat at the next election. That may focus minds in number 10. Oh, big time. I mean, that that's kind of exciting. That would be a big shake-up. I'd love that. It would be extraordinary, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an old lefty, of course. He would. Um, <laughs> he, like any of the Tories, lose their seat. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.